This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, two days. Yeah, it's almost here. Uh, matter of fact, closing on 48 hours at the time that we're recording this. So not much longer of a wait for uh, Cats fans. No, it, it's here now. It's It's finally happening, and... Honestly, Derek, given the situation and how much uncertainty that we've felt since March, we went through that period you and I did where we were like, there's there's college football, there's no way that that's getting canceled. We actually felt optimistic that we would be, I guess, sort of maybe on the the other side of this virus, not on the total end of it, but moving in a different direction. But then you had the swing in June and July and then again in August, where we kind of sat there and wondered, is this going to happen? Honestly, it feels like a win for everyone that we're at this point. Yeah, I'm still holding my breath that nothing happens between now and Saturday. Um, you know, Auburn's had some problems with COVID. UK's had its issues here and there, not to the same extent. But, um, you know, UK's got one more test tomorrow. I'm sure Auburn does as well, and we'll know. Uh, if UK is loading up on that plane tomorrow afternoon, heading down there, you'll know it's a pretty good sign that things are going to happen. So, I'm just excited though. Um, I haven't really even looked at the total Saturday slate that much, just because I've been so focused on UK and I know most of the SEC matchups, and we'll talk about some of those tomorrow. But still, playoff baseball implications are going, so my mind's been there too. So, but uh, it'll be good. It'll be good to see UK get out there Saturday and. Some of these questions that we have and thoughts that we have, we'll, we'll get a little bit better of an idea of how things are going to be. Yeah, Justin Rowland of Cats Illustrated actually just tweeted that he, he heard yesterday's COVID testing went well. So now there's one more thing that Kentucky has to clear, and that's that rapid test tomorrow morning, Derek, before they load up to head to Auburn. Uh, if that clears and that and that's good, we're having football Saturday as long as everything's good on Auburn's side. But we've seen how quickly this thing can change. Uh, so hopefully, like you mentioned this, I think earlier in the week or maybe off the record of the podcast that, you know, here I'm going to be down to Auburn. Like, there is no clear, like, it could change from the time I get in the car to the time I arrive. Like, just given the landscape of COVID-19 and college football and sports right now. But I'm I'm confident that that game is going to be played, hopefully. Like, I, I, feel, I feel really good about it. Uh, somebody asked me yesterday what my biggest concern is, and I said it's not the opener. I said it's those games two to three weeks from now. Those are the ones that I'm really looking at and seeing because I think we're going to have to really 
clearly it's a trial thing right now. Just do week one and then look at week two after week one's finished. That's all you can really do. Like I know in sports we say it's a, a week to, a game to game thing. It literally is a game to game thing this year. Yeah, it really is. And I think the good news is to this point, um, at least as far as I've seen, I might be wrong, but none of the you know um, infections or whatever that some of these schools are having, I don't think any of them have come as a result of playing in games. Most of that has been through other things. Um, got to feel bad for Houston. I saw yesterday they, they tried to have an opener four times now and all four games have been canceled. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's rough for them. But, uh, you know, with the SEC, I think at this point everybody's you know pretty much good. Uh, I think Gus Malzahn said yesterday that most of Auburn's players are back. So if that's the case, um, I can't imagine they'll have any difficulty meeting the threshold that they need to meet that the SEC set. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and we're going to have Cole Kublik on this episode, I think uh, about a nine- to ten-minute interview there with Cole to preview Kentucky-Auburn. We had Cole on the, the show very early in our first month, Derek, and he very solid episode, and he told us that Kentucky was built for a season like 2020. I'm really, I'm finally going to ask the question I've been trying to ask, though, is which quarterback needs to play well for their team to win? I know you have some solid questions there, and we also have some mailbag questions to get to in the closing of this show. Uh, but today's episode is brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, two locations, one in Pineville, Kentucky, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Today's Thursday, so get out and watch some Thursday night football. And uh, get out to the Butcher's Pub. Like I said, the, those, the Wing Wednesday is one of the greatest deals there. Those wings are available on Thursday, Friday, the weekends. They have excellent choices with burgers. They have drinks. So get out to the Butcher's Pub, watch some NFL football, get back out there on Saturday for Kentucky-Auburn. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump right into that interview with Cole Kubik of the SEC Network. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is the attorney, Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. Uh, Cole, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. Cole, it's finally game week in the SEC. You'll be at Kentucky-Auburn. Exciting times now, right? It's time to get it going. Uh, I think this is the best game of the weekend. That's that's one of the main reasons I'm excited. Um, I mean, obviously – it's always cool to go back to Auburn and, and go back where, you know, you spent a really important part of your life. But at the same time, I've, I've done a lot of Kentucky games the last few years. Um, you know, I, I feel pretty close to that program and, and obviously that coaching staff. And I just, I think, I think this is not just the best game in the SEC. I think it's the best game on the college football slate this weekend. So I'm really excited about it. Cool. Uh, hopping right in with, uh, we had Josh Vitale yesterday on, and I believe he was quoting Gus Malzahn when he said that Auburn's offensive line, starting offensive line, has really not even been able to practice together this fall. And I was curious with you as a former offensive lineman, 
how much of a worry do you think that might be for Auburn going into this game? Not already having to replace four to five starters, but then really not being able to build too much continuity up to this point. That's tough. I mean, that, that's really tough. And I, I thought physicality was going to be one of the big issues for all of college football this season. And I, I think not being able to go through spring ball where you sort of get acclimated to doing things in a physical way, that's where you have really most of your physical hard, hard practices. You get a couple in fall camp, but spring is where you handle the majority of that. So um, to hear that along with the fact that they haven't played much football together anyway, not just this spring, but, I mean, these, these guys didn't spend a ton of time together last year. Uh, obviously, Brandon Council is going to start at right guard. He's a transfer in, played in the MAC. You know, Nick Brahms played some ball last year, and Manning and Ham have sort of filled in. But the offensive line is it's about continuity. It's about feel. It's about chemistry. It's about trust. And I'm very anxious to see where that group is going up against an experienced front. Now, I'm not going to say Kentucky's got a bunch of first-rounders up front. There's not a Josh Allen up there, but – you know, Pascal and Bohanna and, and, and those guys, Jordan Wright and Square, they, they've played a lot of football. And so, you know, I, I think that, that that could be very problematic. I think this, this Auburn offense goes as far as that offensive line will take them. Cole, we have a matchup at quarterback with with two quarterbacks that are looking to prove something. And, they're you know, Terry Wilson wants to prove that he's healthy. Bo Nix wants to prove that he's taking that next step. But I've tried to ask this question all week to people but I never could word it correctly so I I thought of it last night which of these quarterbacks do you think needs to play well for their team to win is there one that needs to play better to help their team win uh I would probably if one has to play better if one has to outduel the other I would say it's Bo Nix um you know Bo Nix had more misses than he had completions on passes thrown 10 yards or more last season um, 53% of his total passing yards came on yards after the contact. Uh, so I, I think you're, you, you, Bo Nix is probably going to have to go out and do more because he's not going to have the better offensive line. He's not going to have the multitude of weapons in the backfield. And, you know, I, I think that if, if the Auburn offense, whether it's Gus or Chad, and that's another part of this that we just don't know, is, is who's actually out there running this thing. Uh, if that offense doesn't have the run game going, I, I, I don't know if if he struggled to push the ball downfield last year and he doesn't have as good a protection this year, how does that improve? I, I, I don't know if it does. For me, if, if you took those two side by side and said, maybe not who needs to play better, but what has to happen, I think Auburn needs to turn touchdown Terry into turnover Terry if they're going to win this football game. And if Bo Nix is going to win this football game, he has to help his offense generate explosive plays. And that could be getting into the right read. That could be keeping a zone read when the Kentucky defense maybe doesn't respect it and turn it into a couple of big gains. But I think more than anything else, it's going to it's going to need to be connecting on a few of those downfield passes. If he can't get a few of those with Williams and Schwartz and take advantage of Auburn's speed and athleticism on the perimeter, then I, I think Kentucky's got a great chance to be in and win that game late. Aside from the battle up front, are there any other you know position battles or matchups that? you think could be a deciding factor in this game? Um, I mean, I'll go to special teams, honestly. Um, and, and this is weird because, I mean, if you listen to my show in Birmingham, we, we make fun of kickers a lot. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean listen, I'll, I'll be the first ones to tell you guys that one of the, the most hilarious moments of my broadcasting career was when Max Duffy confronted Jordan Rogers on the 50-yard line during warm-ups last year uh, to call him out for saying that 
he kicked it the wrong way across from his coverage. But, you know, those guys are weird dudes. They're, they're strange birds. But when I went and dove into some of the numbers, think about this. Three weeks of FBS games, and obviously they've been limited. There have been 82 combined games by FBS teams. Now, some of those were against FCS opponents, so I'm not counting FCS team penalties here. 82 games, there have been 85 accepted penalties on special teams. We've seen two kickoff returns for touchdowns, five punt returns for touchdowns, 35 missed field goals already, and you guys are going to love this one. 11 missed PATs in three weeks of college football. So whoever maybe is more comfortable, more experienced, uh, feels better about relying on their special teams, and it might not even about be winning with special teams, but just not getting beat on special teams, not beating yourself on special teams, and – you know, I, I think I, I think it's probably a push when you're talking about field goal kicking, but make no mistake, in the punting department, Kentucky has a massive advantage. And you get a big-time punter like Auburn has seen with a, a Cody Bliss the last few years, it can be a it can be a magnificent weapon for your football team. Cole, the uh, the media came out with their predictions for the SEC season yesterday, and Kentucky's projected to finish fourth in the league, which is which is an improvement from where in past years they've been as low as six, I think seven once in the Mark Stoops era. Do you think that that's a good spot for Kentucky going into the season, or do you think they should be a little higher, or a little lower? Uh, maybe a little bit higher. You know, I I've, I will be perfectly honest with you guys. For the last two weeks, I haven't even looked at the rankings just because I don't even know what it is. Like when. When are we letting the Big Ten back in? Uh, when are we not voting for teams that aren't playing? Teams that have had cancellations, teams that have played one game, no games, teams that have had one really good showing against um, a far inferior opponent. So I don't even know what to make of them right now. I really don't. But if you're just asking me across the board, top to bottom, do I think Kentucky's a top 25 football team heading into the season? Yes, I do. Uh, you got a quarterback that had led his team to 10 wins two years ago. you got a ton of talent in the backfield with Smoke, Rodriguez, and Rose. Um, you've got an offensive line that has the best center in the SEC, two of the best tackles in the SEC returning. Um, you've got some experience on defense along the front in the secondary. The coaching staff has been together for a while. And I think another massive advantage for this Kentucky team is now look at the different offenses that they can run. I mean, Eddie, Eddie Grant can bust out really four different offenses based on what he's had to do the last two seasons. So I think they're going to be difficult to defend. Uh, I think they're well coached and, I don't know if they have the athleticism and talent top to bottom that would match up with a lot of the teams they're going to play, but I know physically they can match up with just about any team that they play, and that gets you a long way in today's college football. Good stuff from you, Cole. Uh, looking forward to an excellent matchup on the Plains, safe travels, and uh, we'll, we'll have you back on at some point this season. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. It's always fun uh, talking college football, and I hope we can do it again soon. Sure thing. He's Cole Kublik, and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily. Eric, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the mailbag segment of our show, which has become one of our favorite segments on Kentucky Daily because we get a lot of interaction with the fans. I think the questions this week came from different people than they have in weeks past, which is what we want to see on the show. Uh, So the first question comes from Trevor Williams. He sent this to me in a DM last night. He said, if Gatewood does not receive eligibility this year, it is likely Bo gets snaps at some point this year in garbage minutes or if an injury were to happen. 
Is there a quarterback battle between Gatewood and Allen next year? Derek, I already know what you're going to say to this. I say yes, unless it's a serious injury for Terry and Bo has to play the majority of the season and he plays so well that it's obvious that he's your guy. Uh, You have to hope that that doesn't happen to Terry. So in the event that Terry is the starting quarterback the whole season um, and Bo's only time comes and, like he said, garbage time, uh, just a few reps here and there, then, yeah, I think it's definitely uh, an open battle going into the spring. Not even sure at that point if you would decide a starter in the spring. But, you know, uh, for Bo, if if he gets an opportunity and he does play really well, then, yeah, I think – I don't think anything would be decided by the coaching staff going into spring, but I think he would become the clear front runner. Yeah, I think that would be the advantage. Uh, the advantage would be that you are able to play in games. And I still think, too, Derek, that there there's a scenario at some point this season. I don't even think that we have to be into garbage minutes or an injury to possibly see Bo Allen for a snap or two. I, I could see them maybe try something at some point. I mean, if he can sling the ball with the accuracy that we've heard from camp and through sources, uh, you could you could see a scenario where maybe he could get a series or get a, at least a snap or two at some point. Yeah, and what I don't know about this season, um, and I honestly do, I think it's fair to ask, because I don't know how long the leash is going to be this year to let Terry go. I would say, based on what we've heard, this is the best Kentucky's – this is a yeah, – well, it's eligible – if he's eligible, I think there's no question this is the most talented room during his time at UK. So, you know, you hope for his sake that he plays well. Um, and especially in, a, in, a, in an abbreviated season against all good teams, I think it probably changes the coach's thinking a little bit. But if that offense is struggling to throw the ball, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you keep winning games, you might be in a spot where you don't feel the need to change. But if they get upset by Mississippi State or Ole Miss and things aren't looking good, I don't, I don't know what they would do. I mean – I guess you hope that Terry plays well enough to where none of that really uh, matters. But moving on, our next question is from uh, Joshua Siegel. Josh, I hope I pronounced your last name right. But, uh, Sean, he asked, with Auburn having an explosive offense and Terry having some rust to get rid of, how comfortable do you feel chasing a lead? I don't feel comfortable if uh, if Kentucky's having to chase. If Kentucky gets in a situation, Derek, where they have to sling the ball around, I don't know if I like that, especially, and I wouldn't like that in week one against anyone, even if it was someone else other than Auburn, just because there's rust there, uh, not only with Terry coming back from an injury, but just you don't, you're not moving like you would like to be in week one. I think uh, it's very important. I always look back to Kentucky's win at Florida, how they went on the road in some of these big games. I think the thing that stood out to me that night was they scored on their opening drive of the game in their opening drive of the second half, and they put themselves in good positions. Derek, this is a this is a game where if Kentucky on their first possession can go get points of any kind, I think it would be huge just to, to take an early lead. But if it's a touchdown game throughout, maybe even 10 points, I, I'm, I'm okay. But if it gets to 14 points early, will Eddie Grant change things up? Will, he, will they throw the ball around or will they stick to who they are? I know in times last year – Mississippi State stands out to me. They started chasing that interception return right from the beginning, and they ended up throwing the ball uncharacteristically in like 40-plus times, which has not been Eddie Grand in Kentucky football for the last four to five years. Yeah, I think like with Terry at QB, there's a sweet spot where I don't I, mean, I don't think you really want to throw the ball more than – I don't even know an answer. Like, I would set it at 20. 
Yeah, I was thinking 25 was the number in my head. Um, just because I feel like if you're having to throw the ball more than that, it's because, you know, you're down maybe and you're having to come back. I, I don't know the last time you had to throw the ball a lot and, and won a game. I'm trying to think. I mean, all those games of Sawyer, though, were I think Florida, he threw it close to 40. Uh, I know he threw it over 40 at South Carolina. You said uh, over 40 at Mississippi State. It's probably right. I just don't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, UK lost all three of those games. And uh, not to say it was because they threw the ball that much. I mean, other things happened in those games. But going back to the question, though, I would agree. I mean, I also think it does remain to be seen how explosive Auburn's offense will be this first week. I mean, I, I think Auburn's going to be a team that you look at week six or week seven is probably playing much, much better than what they're going to be playing this first weekend as they try to get everybody in their new roles, um, trying to get everybody just comfortable with one another. Like Cole said in the in the podcast, I mean, it's going to be a tricky thing for the offensive line to be that way. So UK's defense would, would do a big service to the offense if they can hold Auburn to around, you know, I would say 20 to 24 points to me is probably the, probably the sweet spot you want to be in if you're going to win this game. Nope, any more than that, and I think Kentucky's chances of winning are going to go down. Quite a bit. Well, like Cole said, Auburn needs to turn Terry over. Mm-hmm. Like I think they, he called him turnover Terry. That's what they need to turn Terry into. Derek, the only way that I see Kentucky finds them finding themselves in a hole like that is if they do turn the ball over. I think Kentucky's defense is going to to have its moments to where it looks really good Saturday. I really think so. I. I I like to, going back to what Josh Vitell said yesterday, if this game is in the low 20s, Kentucky has a really good chance. If this thing gets into the 30s, I don't know, because then Terry's going to have to be, in my opinion, going to be really good for Kentucky to throw, to put a lot of points up game one. I just I feel like there's, there's going to be some rust there. I think that's a given. I mean, he's not played live snap football in over 365 days with someone actually being able to hit him. So there has to be – you know, some kind of adjustment period there where they're getting used to where he's getting used to this again. But if Kentucky can play clean football, mistake free football and penalties and no turnovers early in this game, I think they can put themselves in a position in the second half to where you can see that running game and that offensive line take over. Yeah, it might be worth noting. I'm trying to think off the top of my head one last time Terry really turned the ball over. Uh he didn't have any last year, did he? In the two he games didn't. he played. No, he's he's managed turnovers so well that uh and I guess, too, do you think, though, that maybe he takes more chances early on this year than he would have in the past, just given that he's not played in 12 months? Or And, and I don't, necessarily, too, Derek, I don't think that him taking chances is, is necessarily a bad thing. I think that the biggest knock on him in 2018 was that he didn't really give yeah. his guys a chance sometimes to make plays. And if you if you take those chances – you're going to be split. Guys are going to make plays. There's going to be turnovers. With this defense, I mean, they might get away with a mistake or two. Uh, but I, that's why I think that he's so intriguing to watch how he plays this game. Because, you know, last year we saw a confident quarterback on third down making throws 15, 20, 20 yards down the field, and we, we might see that again. Uh, but moving on, this is this is going to become my favorite topic with you because the people that listen to the show – you have been a weatherman for the last 12 months. You pretty much, I still think that you led to the monsoons that happened last year. I think uh, the heavens above heard it, and then they just poured down on Kentucky football for the rest of the year because you're, everybody listened to the show. Derek's exact words last year, 
walking into the game at South Carolina, I'm pretty sure. And he said, I would love a good just downpour one game, just a rain, just a rainstorm. We got it at Georgia, then we got it at Missouri, and then we got it two more times that season, Derek. And then kind of surprised the belt bowl was nice weather. So, Derek, Derek, I think it's – is it Petri? Petri, sorry, Petri. Derek, if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, has the forecast affected the offensive game plan, Derek? So, let's go ahead to your weather segment. Well, I'm glad you asked, Derek. Uh, actually, now that we're two days out, it looks pretty good, the weather. Um, I'm only using one source, uh, actually on the weather channel, but uh, it looks like only a 10% chance of rain, partly cloudy. So, I don't think it's going to be that big of a, of a deal. And if it is, it's going to be kind of spotty here and there. So, simplest way to answer the question is I don't think there's going to be too much of an effect with the weather on Saturday. No, I don't think so either. I think uh, most of that weather will be today, tomorrow, today, Friday, or today, Thursday, and Friday. I think most of the weather will be there. Uh, so, should be a clean, clean football game Saturday. And then we have one more question here, Derek, or do you have something else you need to add? No, uh, yeah, one more question. We got a few more minutes here. This question comes from uh, Jonathan Blair. And he asked, if you had to pick who had the edge between uh, Auburn and the U.K. for every position group, how would you do it? So, Sean, I'm going to go ahead and start Well, with quarterbacks, I guess. Yeah, quarterbacks, that's that's a hard one just given you don't know what you're – you just don't know what you're going to get from Terry right off the bat. Like, this is, this is going to be a game, Derek, that I think when it's over with, we're going to talk a lot about how Terry played, but we can't make this the final judgment call on Terry. Not game one. I want to know what does Terry look like game four going into Knoxville. That's where I'm looking at. Give him some time here. Uh, Kentucky can still certainly win this game. Uh, I would give the edge there to Bo Nix just because he's healthy. He doesn't have the mental hurdle to come to overcome this or you know to have to to overcome something like that. Uh, I think offensive line. I think we both agree that Kentucky has the edge there. And what about running backs on that side and wide receivers? Uh, wide receivers, I'd say Auburn running backs, I would say I blame Kentucky. Um, although I think Auburn's group will be pretty good but for this first game, I'd go UK. And then tight ends, to be completely frank, I really don't know anything about Auburn's tight ends. Uh, I would say I like UK's group. I think they have some good guys. I think Keaton Upshaw is a guy who uh, they need to try to get involved for sure. This weekend uh, on defense, Sean, we'll go to the defensive line. Um, I thought it was interesting. Auburn had a guy, Big Cat Bryan, on the first team defensive line. That surprised me because I didn't think he'd really done a ton to be put in that spot. But uh, as a whole, though, I, I think I like EK's group a little bit more. I think I do too. Uh, you, you know, you're getting Phil Hoskins back there too, a six-year guy. Uh, Marquand McCall. I mean, there's. I really like what Kentucky has on that side of the ball, Derek. It, it feels like they're it, they're getting to a point now at Kentucky on, in the trenches that they're just nasty. They just got yeah. some nasty dudes in there. Uh, they're going to, you know, just completely just clog things up there in the middle. And that's what you have to have to win in the SEC is you have to be good up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, that linebacker group, I think we've talked about this, uh, Auburn, under Kevin Steele, that's a that's a solid defense. You know they're going to make plays. Who would you give the edge to there? I think Auburn has the best player in KJ Britt. Um, that's another spot I think is pretty close. I mean, UK's got Boogie Watson and DeAndre Square, uh, and, and even Jordan Wright and Jamin Davis. I mean, I like all those guys. I would say slightly Auburn. 
Although I want to make the point, I don't know that any of these groups are talking about besides maybe UK's offensive line is just abundantly better than the other side. I think this no. is pretty even. Same goes for the DBs, but I'll let you answer on the linebackers before we move there. Uh, I'll give the edge to Auburn just with the – I think they have the more top talent when it comes yeah. to linebackers, but I really like Kentucky's across the board. I like DeAndre Square, you know, Jordan Wright, Boogie Watson. There, there are some guys there at Kentucky's linebacker quarter that I think could take a step forward this year and really dominate. I really think that DeAndre Square has put himself in a position to do that. I think Boogie Watson has a chance to have a huge year. Uh, we'll we'll see what we get from J.J. Weaver, Jared Casey, some other guys across the board. But moving to the secondary, I really like Kentucky's secondary. I like it because the numbers they put up last year. Now, some of that, too, was helped from the, the weather. I do think that that played a factor. But I think that they had some guys making plays there. And Brandon Eccles, uh, Yusuf Corker is a guy that I've been impressed with from day one. Uh, you add Kelvin Joseph, Vito Tisdale. It sounds like, Derek, uh, Jeff Picoro actually recorded something with the UK Sports Network yesterday, and like he he mentioned when a when a freshman DB goes out there and tells you that he's going to get two interceptions, and then he goes and does it in a scrimmage. That's impressive. It is. Um, I think Auburn. It's another spot. Auburn has some good talent. Uh, I would say at this point, though, I mean Auburn lost quite a bit. It sounds like their cornerback spot was still a, kind of a question mark this year as to who would play. So I think they've recruited well. You know, I think they have a chance of a pretty good secondary, but as we go into this year with what we know, I've got to lean towards Kentucky again slightly. Um, you mentioned Eccles. I mean, you add in Kelvin Joseph, a guy who played 11 games as a freshman at LSU. Corker, I thought should have probably been on the All-SEC third team. He was on the coaches list. He didn't make the yeah. media list. But, uh, you know, I was a little surprised to see um, – Tyrell Asian be listed as a starter over Quandre Mosley, but either way, that's two guys who have played a lot of football for you. Well, at least Mosley played most of last season. Josh Dobson's yeah. back there. We've not been really talking about Devontae Robinson coming back. Yeah. We'll see how he is off injury. Uh, I like that we know a lot about UK's secondary as opposed to uh, to Auburn's, but at the same time, in a matchup like this, you know, I'm guessing UK's secondary is going to be tested much more probably than Auburn's will be, so I think it's a good thing that – uh. We, we kind of know what you have to work with back there. But last point I'll make because we're running out of time. Um, there were games last year, like I think of the Tennessee game, where Tennessee had to throw the ball, and they were very, very successful. Virginia Tech actually had quite a bit of success as well throwing the ball. So I want to see how Kelvin Joseph and uh, Tisdale, I guess those are probably the two most likely guys new in the rotation who are going to have chances to make impact. So I want to see how those guys perform on Saturday. I'm going to tell you right now that we'll be talking about Vito Tisdale on Monday. I really think that he's going to make a play or two in that game. Derek, he has the swagger to do it. Uh, one thing I'll add before we wrap up here is that it'll go, and I'll get into this more tomorrow. I think Kentucky has a very good chance to cause some chaos on the defensive side if they win first down. Winning yeah. first, and it's that's key in every single football game, but I think with the weapons that they have in the secondary right now, you could see some of those guys over the middle make some plays. And that, that would be big for Kentucky winning this game at Auburn. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll be back to preview Kentucky-Auburn on Friday with some SEC predictions. And we'll pick a winner tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns.
Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.